Well, Hawks fans, for a second we were fearful that there'd be no footy this weekend. But the good news is we will get to see our boys in brown and gold after all. And that means the Hawk Talk podcast is back to preview the big game. However, the team won't be playing in Darwin. In fact, they won't be playing anywhere near Darwin. They'll be taking on the Suns in Sydney tonight. And that leaves my esteemed co-host who made the trip north with a glaring hole in his schedule. Welcome to the Hawk Talk podcast. My name is Nick Mason. And I just need to take a moment to check in with him. How are you feeling, Tiz? Couldn't be happier, Nick. Really, really good. Yeah, <laughs> stuck in a stuck in a hotel room here. Uh, I've just had the COVID test. That went awfully well. There was no back chat from the nurse at all. She didn't say, you know, why are you crying? Would you like a tissue? Anything like that? No, she's very compassionate and uh, asked me if it was an emotional moment for me. And and of course, it has been an emotional day. Finding out that Cyril was available for, well, I don't know, meet and greet, and uh, and yet I had to stay in the hotel room as a result of um, the Melbourne lockdown. Good fun. Okay, so it's good that you contextualise these tears for the listeners, because these tears occurred before you found out the Cyril news. I really put my foot in it, didn't I? When I saw <laughs> that thing on Instagram... <laughs> And I saw Cyril was doing uh, well, the equivalent of an in-store, but a, a, a sort of personal exhibition of all his, all his fantastic memorabilia from across his career. And I thought, you know what? Tiz is missing out on the footy. You know what will really cheer him up? And I think he's back from I think he's back from the TB Island, so he's back in Darwin. You didn't think you didn't think about it. I did think about it. I did not do it to rub your nose in it. I thought you were going to be able to go to this exhibition of all his all his memorabilia from across his career. You're no longer a compassionate friend. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've I've just rubbed salt in the wound, haven't I? I just made it that much worse for you. And there's some there's some talk online on Facebook. I see people have gone and met him, and he was great fun, really nice, and like he always has been. So. Same old Cyril, it would have been great to meet him. Would have been great to meet him at the game, but uh, apparently he knocked back the invitation from the club. There was a bit of, bit of noise made about this uh, earlier in the week. You're talking about how Cyril's fallen out with the club, aren't you? And uh, the, the fact that he didn't turn up to the 2008 reunion, which was in 2018. And there's a couple of other things that he's... Uh, I remember we thought he'd be at the uh, AGM at the year he retired and, and he didn't turn up. And I remember Gibbo turned up that year, I think. Everyone spoke glowingly about Cyril, so I don't see it being a long-term thing, do you? Mate, just on Gibbo for a sec, he'll show up for anything. He's bloody shown up on Celebrity Apprentice, so let's not read into that. (laughs) (laughs) He'll do anything he's asked to do. Well, he showed up a year later, didn't he? He showed up the following year. Oh, did he? Well, there you go. Uh, With Cyril, I mean, let's not rule out the explanation that Cyril just knew not to turn up. He, he foresaw what was coming. <laughs> As he was prescient in footy, so in life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. But, uh, yeah, look, this is a fairly old story now that's kind of been opened up again because the club apparently did invite him. Uh, and this is a story broken by a um, friend of the show, Ash Brown. I found it amusing that when he did break it, there were some segments of Hawthorne supporters that said, bloody anti-Hawthorne footy media. Oh, it's that's like, good. No, no, not this time. <laughs> He's one of ours. Don't worry. Stand down. Yeah, well, I think Ash is anxious to avoid... Um... Uh, the success of the past being turned into little personal battles, which is kind of what happened to Richmond, and we saw what happened with them. They had a a dark age for a while on the back of those mismanagement of personal issues. So we 
We don't need any of that. And, and someone as special as Cyril as well. You don't like to think of the idea that he's going to be estranged from the club forever. You you want him to turn up to these things. But um, look, who, who really knows? It, I maintain that if, if we ever had Jeff Kennett on this podcast, and that is a lofty goal of ours that we've talked about for some time, uh, I would love to put it to him what actually occurred. And look, I'm fully expecting he'll dodge and duck and weave and we won't get an answer. But what occurred at that airport? That's what I want to know. I'd, I'd love to find out. Oh, I think that's just rumours and innuendo and I don't think there's much in it. I think uh, Cyril's body was coming to the end and it was almost inevitable that he was retiring fairly soon and he took the opportunity to get out while he could and he is a bit of a, uh, a strange character, Cyril. He doesn't like the limelight. Even today he only announced that he was going to be available on the day. You know, there's <laughs> not a right. whole lot of... It was obviously time to get some Hawthorne supporters who might be in town. I think so, yeah. So there was that, but he doesn't want to be thronged with people. He doesn't want people making the trip just to see him. He just, you know, if people are around, come and say hi, not making a big deal of it. I think he likes to play it down. I think he's always been like that, a bit shy, a bit reserved, and um, it's going to take a lot to change him. I don't think he will. Yeah, look, I, I think you're right. It's sort of in his nature to knock this stuff back. Um, I, and, and also you make the fair point that he was, you know, he had a lot going on at the time he retired. I'm not just going to put it down to this one encounter at an airport. That's, I think that would be a mistake to, to say that. But um, he probably didn't need the nudge into retirement. So whatever was said, I'd love to get to the bottom of it. Not that I ever think I will, but I'd love to try someday. Anyway, with uh, his community, which is what he's into now, you know, he's trying to build up some foundations and and build a better future for the boys from the Tiwis and 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 greater Darwin areas. And and having been out there, there's certainly a lot of work to be done. There's so much potential out there, but you also don't want to sort of miss the untouched beauty of the joint. It's um it's a remarkable spot. And the footy is paramount. Like, they love the football. Just ridiculous. Uh, I think there's 1,500 living on the two islands or the the few islands, and uh, 900 of them play footy. I think it's quite apt that we're talking about this because it is indeed Sir Doug Nichols' round. It is. And as you look through, um, it's more recent history for us, but we've had, uh, I think it was... Was it Cyril Collard in in the 40s play for us? And, you know, they... Not, I think he was 57 or something like that. I'm just working off the top of my head here, Nick. But when you think about some of the talent we've had on the list that have been Indigenous players, we're just so remarkably uh, lucky, you know, and and they've been so well managed by the club for the, mo- for the main part. And a few of them have moved on probably before their time, I think, Buddy and I think Cyril moved on when his body started giving away. Bradley Hill moved on to play with his brother, which didn't eventuate. But now we've got Burgoyne on the list, who's just one of the greatest ever. And uh, Wingard and Impey and and maybe, maybe soon we'll be seeing a couple of other of the Indigenous boys making their name in the AFL side. I'm talking about Brockman and and Harry Pepper. Only a matter of time until uh, Tyler Brockman gets another shot. And, and Harry Pepper is really impressing. We'll get to Box Hill soon, but I like his uh, reinvention as a small forward. I think that holds a lot of promise for Harry Pepper. I think he likes the uh, the goals, Harry. <laughs> like We saw him kick his first after he missed. Oh, he missed an easy goal too. But we saw him kick his first and the celebration was there. And I think 
being a lockdown defender out of Gippsland for a while doesn't really, you know, give you the the thrill that a goal <laughs> might. So a defensive forward might be his might be his go. I notice Hanrahan's out of the lineup, but we'll get to all this. I'm still reeling. How the hell has it ended up in Sydney and not Queensland or what's going on down there, Nick? I'm a, I've been loath to read much of it, to be honest. Just been sitting here watching the Big Bang Theory, which I know you love. That's on Peach every half hour here. Jeez, it's like the Tassie trip all over again. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the same episodes too. They're probably running through that many times. Oh, I'm filling the gaps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a real cohesive big story arc is the Big Bang Theory. You've got to pay close attention, otherwise you'll miss all the subtleties. Huge arc. <laughs> Uh, what is going on down here? Um, honestly, I've stayed pretty clear of the news as well. I know the basics, which is that we're in lockdown uh, for for another week. So it takes us to next Thursday. Um, and, and I know the rules around the, that lockdown, so I'll be following those. But other than that, mate, I've, I've tuned out. Yeah, it's annoying. It's frustrating. It's anxious. Um, I'm nervous like everyone else that it will extend beyond a week. But look, I thought honestly when things really started to hit the fan uh, and I heard that Hawthorne was leaving early for Darwin. Uh, they were going to leave a day early. I believe we're scheduled to come back because we've got the bye. So um, the boys have been told basically, you know, yeah, don't worry, you'll be, it won't be too long probably, you'll be back here. But they're also ready to stay up to keep the season going. So the Melbourne Dogs game is... Without crowds. Without crowds, yeah. Well, that'll help Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> Big blockbuster clash that both clubs really need to be well attended No longer has a crowd Oh, I tell you what, that was rueful When Melbourne lost and I wasn't at a television screen to see it <laughs> that, uh, Just had to find out in the by the buys. I-, I thought when the team was leaving, when they were due to leave for Darwin I thought, mate, you're in the box seat here You've got the perfect plan You've gone up north, you've timed this beautifully But uh, it hasn't really come to fruition Why Sydney? I'm not sure. Why Why the SCG? This is what they're doing. Gold Coast at the SCG tonight. We're playing Gold Coast. Why don't they just put put it up there? It just doesn't make sense. Anyway. I mean, the Suns were meant to be hosting anyway. Yeah, exactly. So they exactly. could have quite easily put it up there. But, but I say quite easily. I'm not behind the scenes. I'm not in the know. So what seems like it's not common sense to me, it might be uh, behind the scenes. Now, um, let's talk about the game. Uh, we've got some ins and outs. First of all, though, this question from Rhino Stevens 13 hit us up on Instagram. Is this our best chance to get a win and get back on track with our season? Um, don't we have... Oh, no, we played Carlton, do we? Yeah, last week. Literally last week. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to talk about it, Nick? Uh, I mean, it was a whole week ago for a start. Do people really want to revisit it at this point? Well, I didn't watch a lot of it. Oh, okay. Well, Did anything work? What worked well? Uh, the Endeavour was certainly there. Like, I, I have no real interest in, in uh, developing a reputation of a team that uh, has brave losses. I don't want to go down that route, but I'll take the one or two. I'll certainly take this performance over what we've dished up in the previous fortnight. Um, I thought it was it was honourable how they applied themselves. And, you know, it's just... It, it will come together eventually. It's just not at the moment. We're not quite good enough to make it consistently work and, uh, and and run out a game and win. The only times we've done that is when we've had to claw our way back, but we're just not there yet. 
Uh, we can try and try and try, but it's not there. And were you big on Reeves? Yes, I was actually. I was very impressed with Ned Reeves' debut. I think putting him side by side with McAvoy's stats, he, uh, I reckon he performed a bit better than McAvoy. Did McAvoy... McAvoy must have benefited from him being in the side, though. Yes, I think so. Yeah, there were less moments where you felt, well, McAvoy's up against it. He's struggling, he's shot. I, I didn't feel that quite... It wasn't quite so palpable as it was in previous weeks. And it was a joy to see. Ned Reeves had some good, good, obvious moments where, like, oh, that's... Geez, he's all right. Uh, he looked very comfortable at the level. Um, yeah, an absolute pass mark. Easy pass mark for Ned Reeves. I'm glad he's stayed in the team. Uh, he should have been kept in the team, and he has been. And honestly, he should be playing as much senior footy as possible for the rest of the season. Now, I want to tell you the one moment that I caught live was at the final 30 seconds of the second quarter. Oh, yeah. When Daniel Howe had an in- Was he inside 50 when he kicked it? I can't remember. I think he was, yeah. But anyway, he put it on the boot and shades of langers. <laughs> yeah, it sort of bamboozled everyone. It went through somehow. I enjoyed that immensely from the middle of Kakadu on 3G. <laughs> <laughs> Made a big noise. It was a remarkable goal. I mean, I kept hiking and uh, didn't get any service for the rest of that day. So I had no idea what happened until I got back to... Back to the um, camper van, but uh, it's it looks like it looks like the stats were pretty good. Hawthorne were in the contest, but it looked like um, Carlton were just better at the end. And that Mackay kicked a goal that, um, well, I wouldn't have expected a man of his age to kick. Yeah, that was pretty much the sealer that that allowed them to break away. And look, Mackay. A lot will be talked about with Hardigan and how undisciplined he was right at the death, and he's earned three weeks suspension for that. Which seems enormous. Oh, it was stupid what he did. It was warranted, I think, that that kind of suspension. It was off the ball. It was head high. It was very, very intentional. It, it was just, it didn't need to happen. The kid played on, no problems, nothing. Mate, if it was me, whacking with three weeks. that You can't be doing that. That's dumb. And uh, unfortunately, we've seen many, many more instances over the past couple of years of players doing that and getting off scot-free. But at a certain point in time, you can't allow that to happen anymore. So it's happened with Hardigan. When they're wearing a brown and gold shirt, not allowed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, when you're wearing the uh, the blue and white hoops, it's fine, apparently. Or if you're Tom Lynch, that helps too. I always draw back with the opposite arm to handball. Absolutely, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Look, uh, apart from that, Hardigan had a pretty good day. I thought he played pretty well on Mackay. We, Hawthorne actually blanketed him pretty well. And look, it must be said he was a bit underdone. He was carrying an injury still. But um, it was only right at the end of the game where Mackay bobbed up and that was it. He closed the door on us. So we had our chances, couldn't quite take them, weren't quite skillful enough. But, you know, I think most supporters walked away from that game feeling eh, satisfied enough, as much as you can be with a loss. Happy they saw Reeves. And then Clarkson. He's, it's a bit interesting, this. I've just noticed that he's just decided all the Gaelic boys don't need him. <laughs> uh, <what> a, <laughs> O'Meara, Hardigan, Hanrahan, and O'Brien's even on the bench. So Nash is there as well. Yeah, their time's passed. Uh <laughs> <laughs> O'Meara, Hardigan, Hanrahan out. O'Brien misses another week. In, we've got Sean Burgoyne, who's taken another step towards game 400. This will be game 396. We've got Josh Morris making his first proper senior appearance. That's not as a medical sub. He's actually playing this time. Fantastic. And uh, we've got Liam Shields returning from neck soreness as well. I think we're a bit weaker without Hardigan for structure. 
and I'm not sure that he's been replaced in those ends. Nope. So that makes it a little bit interesting. Um, uh, but we may be quicker over the ground, which I think we definitely need to be with the Suns, who are younger and faster, but make less well-educated decisions. I want to get to the issue of Burgoyne in just a second, because we had a question about him. But uh, circling back around to what Rhino Stevens 13 asked, is this our best chance to get a win and get back on track with our season? Um, controversial statement, but I think we are on track with our season. <laughs> is this not where we want to be right now? I don't think this season has tracks. <laughs> We're in that in-between zone where if you make finals, it's useless because you're not going to win a premiership. We don't want to sit mid-table um, because then you don't get the access to the talent. So we sit lower. We we use the second-round pick we've got from Collingwood a bit earlier as well. I'm not saying we're tanking, but we don't have the talent to be uh, winning every second week even, um, which is pretty damning on the list, but that's that's what it is. And if this team does manage to put a run together... Um, come the end of the year, which can happen. Some we saw Adelaide last year managed look terrible for large portions, and then they found a way to win a few games and make the season look respectable, and 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 sort of paint the picture that they were going to be better off next year. Um, and that might happen with us, but we we, we even have a, a a hard draw coming into into the end of the year too. So. In any case, um, I'm just happy that football is going ahead wherever it is because uh, I think the VFL may not be going ahead. Is that right? That's right. The VFL is suspended for now. It's such a damn shame because it's it's become one of my favourite things every weekend now is to sit down and watch Box Hill. Yeah, that's going to make it very hard for, for younger players to... And I mean, Emerson Jecker, he missed out on the season of footy last year. For him to miss out on more footy again this year in his current form, maybe he'll build up his body. You know, that's the way you have to look at it. He could become a real unit before the start of next year if the VFL doesn't continue. But, yeah, a bit frustrating. And Gold Coast aren't very good, that must be said. But um, I don't think beating them will get our tails up at all. No, not at all. I mean, always nice to have a win, but we're exactly where we ought to be in terms of the ladder position and what we're trying to do going forward. I I tell you what, though, if if Reeves turns into a high-quality ruckman and he can start feeding those midfielders who can't get centre clearances and, and breaks, it could make it very, very different. It means the, the opposition has to be a bit more honest in their defence. So, you know, little things like that, giving Reeves a chance, seeing what he can do, can make big changes to the whole system. All I've been saying is give Reeves a chance. That was a Lennon reference. Anyway. Now, Burgoyne. <laughs> so, Burgoyne, we've had a question here. Do we really want to play Burgoyne up to 400 and a uh, full go exposing kids? Is that what it is? Basically, yeah. That's from Rick at Hawk Talk Pod. He recognises that it's an unpopular question, but it's one that you can ask. In the column of no one's bigger than the club, I believe, Nick. Is that the category? Yes, that's right. That's what he's pointed out. Uh, look, I mean, this is game number 396. If you can't find, after this, four more games for Sean Burgoyne, I don't know what's wrong. Honestly, you can. Especially when you can play medical sub. <laughs> exactly right. You can nurse him through if you really wanted to. Look, I, uh, I have thorough respect for Burgoyne, and I think he does deserve a game this week. 
he probably can't play every week and he does have to be nursed through. But if you think that in a, in a side that's second from bottom that Sean Burgoyne shouldn't be playing and making the players around him better, because that's what he still does, I, I, I can't mount the case that uh, we should overlook Burgoyne for what who? Harry Pepper? Who, who, who would you be bringing in? Like, yeah, I, I get your point exactly. Yeah, and I completely agree. A lot of experience comes out with Amira as well. Yeah, so I've got no problem with it, and I can't wait. If we get past all this COVID stuff again, we lock down thoroughly, and all that, everything's hunky dory, and we get to go. Oh, mate, that'll be a great evening. That's a season highlight right there. We want Burgoyne four hundred. We're counting down. Even if it takes the medical sub, I don't care. Let's just get to 400, please. Have we had any news on uh, Gunston? No, no further updates. Um, They really butchered everything Gunston-wise. I mean, still the back spasms. It appears to me that they brought him back too early. He wasn't quite right to go. Not only that, but they brought him back for the St Kilda game where we got thoroughly walloped. And Gunston was one such player that didn't appear to have a clear-cut role at all. He played all over the park that day. He started in the middle at the centre bounce. Yeah, and then he played back and then he went forward. And I remember that his output was terrible after quarter time. Exactly right. It it looked like he wasn't ready. The other bloke, Seamus, Seamus Mitchell. Seamus Mitchell. Well, I I read, and this is from uh, a fairly respectable source who's been on the money for us throughout the year. Uh, Seamus Mitchell obviously been battling an ankle injury, quite a significant one since we recruited him. But in addition to that, apparently he did a hammy as well. So he's had a wretched run with injury. Goodness. Okay. Uh, The other point I wanted to make was huge heavy lifting style game from Tom Mitchell. Yes. What was your opinion? You were at the ground, I take it. Yep, I was at the ground. He performed better than he had in recent weeks. Uh, So any detractors, any critics of him, I, I felt like they were silenced. Certainly his meters gained is a lot more impressive. His, the uh, differential between his handballs and kicks was tightened right up. In fact, he broke even. So I think he had 44 touches and it had 22 handballs, 22 kicks. Um, I thought he played a much better game. But there is still that question mark over whether he's damaging. I, I still don't know about that. To me, when I saw the stats handball to kick ratio, I thought that's a watershed moment because he hasn't been doing that. And uh, that shows... A confidence, or that he knows that he needs to have a bigger impact on the contest. Now that'll take a couple of weeks to to hit the mark, um, but he he is edging back to some of his best. Certainly, his ball winning's great, but his distribution has to improve. And the distribution's hard in a side that's struggling. Like you take, if you're told to take the first option, the first option in a struggling side. Is generally backwards. So, <laughs> and Tom Mitchell loves going backwards. Well, I mean, it, it's for the setup. Now, the other bloke I want to bring up, Mitch Lewis. How was he? Fine, but he probably shouldn't be in the side this week. If we're up to me, I'd, I'd probably switch Lewis out for Jekka. Why is he retained? I don't know. Uh, he's not as hard at it as Cozzy. Um, they give a pretty similar output at goals at the moment. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's more flexibility in that forward structure than what they're currently entertaining, I think. I think they can afford to keep on experimenting. And I know they have this week. They've taken Hanrahan out. They've put Josh Morris in. That's fine. But in terms, in terms of our tall forwards, I, I would have liked to have seen Jekka. And I think Emerson Jekka earned it as well. He, he got dropped. 
after a pretty miserable fortnight in the seniors, not just for him, obviously. I mean, the, the entire team was struggling. If you're really good, you do get the footy. And we saw that even with Buddy and Ruffy oh, in, in the early days. Jeez, I mean... You, didn't we? You've set the bar a bit high for the lad, haven't you? Well, Ruffy didn't look any good when he got the ball in those first <laughs> 10 to 15 games, remember? Buddy did some miraculous stuff, but at least they got the ball. And, and I don't know, you need about... 10 to 20 games as, as a forward duo to look any good anyway. So that's been part of the problem for GWS and, and Gold Coast over the years, that they've never had any consistent forwards. And we don't want to be in that situation, so I think it's good that they give Mitch Lewis a little bit more time there. I think the combo of um, Lewis and Cozzy does have potential. It's just sometimes obscured when you're when you're losing. It's hard to see it being effective, isn't it? You're not putting the score on the board. But I think it still has potential. Um, still, I, I think Emerson earned it. He went, he got dropped, went back to Box Hill. He's put together a good, really solid fortnight at Box Hill, uh, in which the team has absolutely trounced their opposition, so that's good for them. But um, it's a switch I would have entertained this week. All right, Nick, so what are you predicting? Are we going to beat Gold Coast? If, there, if we've got any more wins left in us for the rest of the year, there can't be that many. And the Suns might be one of them. This is a good shot. I, I think was the, pretty the... confident coming up here to watch them. I thought they'd have the game for up here. Um, I know Gold Coast would probably be a little bit better with the slick of the the footy in the evening, you know, because it gets that film on it from the humidity. But uh, that won't be a problem now. We don't play particularly well at the SCG, but I don't think Gold Coast have a great record either. I think we could do really well this match. I'm quite excited. This could be a win, especially before the bye. Just put it all out there. Yeah, th- this is a really tough one to tip. I uh, <laughs> Say if someone had a certain multi that they do every week, uh, I'd be worried for them. I don't know which way this this one could go. I'm rel- relatively happy with the ins. I'm most pleased about Josh Morris. I- I'm looking forward to see what he can do at senior level. But uh, look... SCG, neither team knew they were going to be playing there. Everything's sort of slapdash up in the air and thrown together at the last minute. It could easily go either way. On my travels, I met a hell of a lot of Hawthorne supporters up here just looking at stuff and driving on 110 around the freeways and everything. And uh, Some of them had Hawthorne footy regalia on the cars and stuff. And um, when I pulled up to Catherine Gorge, I... Uh, I noticed this bloke had on the inside of his ankle Hawthorne 08 and uh, couldn't really read the 08, so I did ask which premiership that was. And he's like, oh, mate, got it done at 18 and I regret it <laughs> totally. So in terms of gorges, Catherine or Cataract, which is better? Uh, Catherine. Okay, it's not what I wanted to hear. Because it's got bats, a quarter of a million bats, and if you wait till sunset, which is pretty good... Then it turns into Gotham City. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Now you're quite the cinephile, aren't you? Because as we're doing this, we're, we're linked up via Zoom. You're drinking from a Jurassic Park mug, which is your favourite film. Yeah, well, I did have to buy a mug, and uh, they were three bucks at Coles. So well spotted, Nick. <laughs> wow. Okay. Because that was the question on my mind: is whether you brought it up because you actually owned one already? No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. I had a choice between Minions and Jurassic Park, and that was that was my choice. And as listeners should know that is a huge choice for you. That is not a huge choice. 
what am I meant to think when in frame I suddenly see a Jurassic Park mug? What is the more likely conclusion? That you went into a Coles up in Darwin and found one or that you brought one with you? What am I meant to think? Look, I tell you what, Jurassic Park merchandise finds a way. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) We already did this joke. We did, this we film's did. got so many mentions on this podcast. <laughs> a football podcast? It's unbelievable. Anyway, we need to move on. Uh, did you catch any of Box Hill's win at all? Mate, no. I was I was probably driving. Oh, God, it's hard to drive those big big camper vans. When you were driving and um, you noticed there was a speed sign ahead and you might have been going a bit slow, did you think to yourself, must go faster, must go faster? Yeah, see, I don't know where that's from. Jurassic Park. Is it? Yes. <laughs> Jeez. This stays in, by the way. <laughs> Box Hill. They notched up win number four for the season, defeating Carlton at Icon Park. You missed it all, and uh, it was quite a good display. Did you go? I didn't go in the end. I decided not to. I should have gone. It was a wonderful display. But I caught it on Channel 7. It was, it was beamed in live, so I had no problem staying home, sitting on the couch and enjoying it. 84 points was the margin in what was a pretty complete performance. The final score, 19-16, 130, defeating 6-10-46. Now, the Hawks, just to spell out their complete domination here, 11 separate goal kickers. I don't want to know about everyone. Just tell me about Saunders. That's all I want to know. How good was he? Let me get through this. 11 separate goal kickers, one of which was Saunders, finished plus 38 in contested footy, plus 23 in clearances, plus 26 inside 50s, plus 44 in hit outs. Just a comprehensive shellacking of Carlton by the Box Hill Hawks at Icon Park on Sunday. Jack Saunders, though. Your man, Mighty Mouse. Uh, 13 touches, kicked two goals, two. A fairly modest stat sheet in what was his best performance. Does he look fit yet? Because once he gets his tank up and going... Jack was nimble. Jack was indeed quick, Tiz. He's looking very good. He's got, he's, got some, um, he's got some class running up the wing. And Were his misses set shots? Or? He did miss a couple of set shots, but they were, they were tough, to be fair. All right. Don't like that, but all right. Oh, come on. It was one from the boundary. Yeah, okay. That's all right. All right. No worries. <laughs> Mind you, that one from the boundary, and this should tell you uh, something about how the Carlton players were feeling about him getting the footy. That was a free kick because he, he was three on one and he won a free kick for holding the man. Beautiful. So, That's what I like to see. <laughs> fair to say at that point in the game, the Carlton players were a smidge nervous about Jack Saunders getting his hands on the footy because every time he got it, he was using it just superbly well. Now, I don't have any efficiency stats available. I love the use. The use of the ball looks really good when he's got it. He seems to have a little bit more time than most. Yes. Which is exactly what you're looking for when they're at Box Hill because if they haven't got time at Box Hill, you worry. Now, did Jai play? Uh, Jai did play. 25 touches, 9 clearances, 6 inside 50s. And uh, he's just carried on some superb form. He's averaging 23.2 touches this season for Box Hill. So uh, when questioned today, Clarko just had this sort of smirk. About it? Yeah, he was asked about Jai Newcomb, and Clarko basically said, yeah, he plays for Box Hill. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, that's a tip. That's one of the guys we're taking in the mid-season, and it sounds like after he signed with uh, Sam Mitchell's manager that he will get about three or four-year contract to begin. Yes, those are the whispers at this point. Uh, we do have a bonus mid-season draft podcast for all our Patreon subscribers coming out very soon. 
indeed before the mid-season draft actually commences. So look out for that one, patreon.com slash hawktalkpod. And that's why we're going to keep the mid-season draft chat to a minimum. But it seems like a foregone conclusion, Nick. That's who we're getting. That's it. It's all over. Uh, not so fast. You just never know. You never know how these things shake out. Sicily listed on the long-term injury list so that we're getting two picks in the mid-season draft yet? or Not as far as I know. Has not come to that just yet. Oh, gosh, they're sitting on their hands a lot, aren't they? Anyway, I just want to get to some other things with Box Hill. Uh, John Segler, 24 touches, 33 hitouts, an equal game high, nine clearances. Did very well. He was as much of a presence as I've ever seen. Did he get angry? When Segs gets angry, you know he's going to play his best. He had some spirit about him, put it that way. He's an emotional player, Segs. People don't realise that, but if he gets angry... He's a hell of a lot better. Anyway, we need to move on. Uh, like I said, mid-season draft chat that's going to be saved for a Patreon-exclusive bonus podcast, patreon.com slash hawktalkpod for the details there. So we're going to move on to some miscellaneous questions. Uh, first of which, well, we actually have two here because they're, they're on a similar theme. One from Chewy1891, where's Finn? And the other from T17 underscore pizza. What are your thoughts on Finn? These are valid questions, Tiz, because he wasn't in Box Hill's side against Carlton. And he wasn't in the senior side, so where's he been? He didn't play against Carlton? Why Why would that not? I'm not sure. He didn't play in either side on the weekend, and he's not on the injury list, so not sure about that one. Was it general soreness? Major pain. There's another film for you. Wow. <laughs> anyway, uh, look, I don't know. Um, Finn, as far as the senior side's concerned, this... They, they don't really require Finn McGuinness right now. And if they do, it'd probably be the expense of Dan Howe, I imagine. But right now, it's not not crying out for Finn McGuinness. Although I do take the point that we should be playing as many kids as possible and developing them and see what, seeing what they can bring. Um, right now, you'd be happy to uh, to hold off on Finn. I don't think we need to make that move at the moment. Finn's future is a little bit murky, but the guy's got enough talent to sit on the on the list for a few years yet and uh, I'm sure they'll find a place for him I'm not worried about Finn's future at all really he just needs to go through I think they're going to make it hard for him he's going to do his um, tutelage in the VFL for quite some time I feel that reminds me actually uh, a guy who had probably his best game best outing for the year for Box Hill on the weekend was Connor Downey he was looking very impressive oh the Connor got me excited but uh, what did Downey do? Was he outside speed? Did he look fast? Yeah, he did. Good link-up player. Good disposal efficiency. He was hitting his targets. He uh, he set a lot up. And I really I really enjoyed watching him run around. Good decisions? Good decisions, yep. Getting the ball in space or in traffic? Both. Oh, that sounds good. Because he's been able to get the ball in space, but not in traffic recently. It, it was probably his most, his most complete personal performance of the year that I've seen. Yeah. Uh, it was one of those games where, you know, you've seen him at some points this year and, and you feel like, oh, he's a bit of a way off it, probably a bit more than any of us expected. But this is a game where I don't think you could have said that. This is a game where it was like, okay, no, we're show's on the road now. We're getting somewhere with Connor Downey. So hopefully you can keep that up. This question from Dino is a good one. Three things we fans need to see in the second half of the season. Should I throw it over to you first? John Newcomb running out of the centre and kicking a goal. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> right, there's one. Hit, hit us with two more. Oh, Wingard with an outside banana from about 45 on the run. That could that could uh, bring the house down. And the other thing I'd like to see is Harry Pepper smother and then kick the goal over the defender's head. That would be terrific. Second time we're making reference to him in this episode, Langer's style. Yep, Absolutely. 
Langer style. 2014 grand final, classic goal. Was that his? That was the first of three, wasn't it? Uh, didn't he stream out of the centre for the first? I think that was the second. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it now. Oh, oh what a terrible oh, thing. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you the... Uh, I, I can get all three just by naming players, right? Three things I want to see in the second half of the season. Here it goes, and I'm referencing the injury list, right? Because they're all about one week away. Denver Granger Barras, Will Day, Lockie Bramble, right? There's, there's three things I want to see in the second half of the season. I want to see all three three of those guys in the senior side at some point. So they're all available after the bye? Yes, it's, they're on track to be available, yeah. If not right after the bye, then very soon after. So Will Day come straight back in the side, do you think, or go through Box Hill? Uh, maybe Box Hill. Denver won't come straight into the lineup, the AFL lineup, even without... Even without Hardigan, unfortunately. No, all three probably won't go straight back into the lineup. And honestly, I'd rather them take the cautious approach because now I'm scared for, you know, what they're doing with Gunston. I would rather them be a lot more cautious than they were in the, earlier in the piece. I wouldn't be too worried about Gunners. Um, he had major surgery and uh, on his back and they obviously thought it was better than it was and he um, he just needs more time. I'm sure they'll be more cautious now. It was a long period he was out of the game and not training. So um, Coming off a of PCM, he's played, what, one game? That's a, that's a massive loss for the team. I mean, there's, another, there's a whole episode in the curse of the PCM. Yeah, but, that's uh, true. Our best player, halfway through the season, usually falls over with something. The rest of our questions are notably from Adam, Rob, Ryan and Danny. Thank you for submitting your questions. You've all asked about Jai Newcomb mid-season draft. As I said, there's a bonus episode coming your way for that one. So with that in mind, we'll, we'll start to wrap up here and get to some social media stuff. Now, we'd really appreciate it if you rated or reviewed our show on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that's how people find the show. If you bump up the ratings, if you leave a, a really lovely review, people read that, people find our show and they're like, oh, give this a go. And that's how we build our community. That's how we build our listenership. So if you want to take a moment to do that we'd very much appreciate it and uh we're on twitter as well that's sort of our social media headquarters at hawk talk pod climbing towards 2700 followers now which is huge and we're also on facebook so join us over there facebook.com slash hawk talk pod instagram now tears i've been using instagram just for all sorts of hawthorne stuff just just quirky and obscure the more quirky and obscure the better in my mind and that's why this week i posted uh a couple of really awkward shots of chris barlow that's one in which the footy is entirely obscuring his face and the other in which he's i think he's trying to tackle i think it's uh didac for the pies and uh he's actually his entire body is off the ground superman style a leaping tackle i just both of these photos tickled me i thought i'll put them up you're playing to me here i loved chris barlow as a player Bloody good. I barely even remember him. I grew up with him playing, but I don't remember him at all. He wore the 33. How could you forget him? Well, there's been another 33 since that's captured my imagination, to be fair. (laughs) (laughs) And we've come full circle. Here we are, right at the end of the podcast. Cyril comes up again. Patreon.com slash HawkTalkPod. That's where you can jump on board and support the show. And look, I've plugged it all throughout the episode here. It's where you can get bonus content, bonus episodes, stuff like that. Uh, All the details are up there. Patreon.com slash HawkTalkPod. Sign up at any tier you want. But the one with the bonus content, that's the most popular. And uh, that's the one we'd recommend. So that'll be the show, mate. So what time are we playing? Uh, 7.40, I believe, tonight. People are listening to this on Saturday as it's dropped. So Okay. So I might still be 
stuck in this hotel room at that point. I, I know I know this is getting away from the podcast and more into personal territory, but how long are you stuck there? What's going on with you? Oh, until I get the COVID result. But it can be 24 to 48 hours, and uh, I might still be stuck here, so I might hit up the Patreon lens. Can we do that? Is that a thing? The what now? It, it's like a part of the app where I can just talk to it, and it sends it to all our, all our uh, patrons. Is there any quality control about this? or? <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 it will have been a few hours stuck in the hotel room and I might be a little bit emotional if the result isn't going too well at half time. So I think that's a perfect time to do this. <laughs> You've had the entire day to sink tins. So. <laughs> oh, do you mind? Yeah, uh, you're more of a whiskey guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But you, but you're well. You're in good health. You seem like you're in good health. I know you're waiting on the the outcome for the test, but you seem fine. Look at the glow. Look at the glow off me. That's um. That's not the red dust. That's the sunlight because you got the window open. That's not you. I have had a shower. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, that dust goes everywhere. Have you ever been up here, Nick? It's a, never. It's an amazing spot. I've never been to the Northern Territory. So to give you an idea, the the distances I've travelled are three times the size of Tasmania in the last few days since I've been up here. Wow. I'll have to post a few photos, but the vistas, um, the the fact that it's still the same continent is ridiculous. It's just so different. And it, heading out to the Tiwi Islands and, and seeing some of the, um, uh, the stories about their um, importance in warning about the attacks in during World War Two and, and stuff like that and how different the society or the community lives out there and has lived for thousands of years. Just incredible um, how big and different our nation is. And the fact that the best states love AFL. Hello to all our listeners in the other states. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad you seem to be in good spirits. I know that the trip, you know, it's not all about football for you, this trip, but... You would have liked to have seen the game, and that didn't quite work out. The Cyril stuff didn't quite work out, but I'm glad that you seem to be doing well. Oh, mate, it's all it's all the small stuff, isn't it? Like, they're the, they're the cherry on the top. I came up here to experience a different um, way of life and, uh, and ex- you know, go exploring the country because we can't go overseas at all. But I've always wanted to come up here, so I thought I'd just... Um, Put the thongs in the bag and, and come up because, jeez, uh, it's hot. It is very, very hot. You'd love it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, right. One thing we may have to put on the calendar, though, is the Tiwi uh, football grand final in March where I think there's 1,500 people live on the islands and uh, at that stage I think 6,000 turn up just to watch this football match. It is a huge event here in the Territory. And uh, the ferry, which takes two and a half hours to get out there, Nick, which I didn't I didn't read the fine print. I thought it'd be an hour or something. But two and a half hours watching um, retirees changing colour, just going more and more green as it got. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, but um, wonderful when you got there. But um, yeah, that'd be a big event. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'd be up for that. It's just, uh, it's an uncertain time, isn't it? <laughs> it just feels wrong to be able to plan anything in advance. Yeah, yeah, I've learnt that to my cost. <laughs> yeah, feel a bit gun shy after everything, after the past couple of days. Because this is my life. You're looking at me via, via our Zoom link. I mean, 
this is it for me, what you're seeing. This is my place. This is where I'll be. Yeah, but you've got to look past all the immediacy of that and realise that we're a very lucky country. And uh, although we're unlucky every now and again, we're far better off here. i tell you what's his, and, and just the, the final words of the podcast before we sign off. We've got this. We've got this. I mean, not the vaccine, but we have got this. <laughs> Eventually we'll get the vaccine, but for now, this. This is what we've got. Are you 40 yet? <laughs> well, depending on how the Hawks are doing, mate, I might have aged a few years by half time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll be it for the Hawk Talk podcast this week. And uh, we really appreciate your patience. We realise it's a little bit later in the week than we usually put this uh, this show out. But uh, you've hung in there. You've hung around. You have the podcast on game day. I hope you've enjoyed it, especially everyone in Victoria at the moment. Tiz, I hope you have a wonderful trip. And uh, hopefully we'll get to do this very soon when you're back in Melbourne. And fingers crossed we can do it face-to-face again. Well, I'm keen to do something at halftime, if you like, Nick. A real emotional tribute to how the game's going at that point. Don't write checks you can't cash, mate. Let's just see how we go, eh? Let's see how the (laughs) Hawks turn up. That's it for another episode of the Hawk Talk Podcast. We'll be back next week. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.